Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, February 26, 2023. Pastor Paul Talbert. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so that they too may share the joys that Jesus has won for them. Here's Pastor. Before we begin with our sermon, I'd like to invite the children to come up here for a brief children's devotion using this really cool bag of mine. It has a hole in it. We're learning about um, what Jesus has done for us, and so I like to use this bag to help, to help explain what's going on, because what happens is, oh, here they come, here they come. Good morning. Good morning. 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 Good morning to you. Oh, there you are. One little one in tow. There you are. Good morning, little one. How you doing? Huh? Morning. You want to sit down here? Okay. Have a seat right there. That's good. Oh, careful. Careful. Don't fall down. Here you go. Want to sit down? Here you go. Sit down right there. Want to sit down? Maybe not. You want to go there? By your brother. Go ahead. Want to go by James? Want to go by James? Maybe not. Maybe so. Maybe not. Who knows? Good morning. Well, I, we're learning about here. Here, here we go. How's that? There you go. So I have the problem. I have this, this hole in my bag here. And I like to use this to explain what goes on during Lent. You're going to notice during Lent, the next couple of weeks before Easter comes, some of the songs are kind of weird. They're kind of slow kind of sad sounding, and that's because we remember what Jesus did, and it wound up with him suffering and dying, and we think, oh, that is so bad. And I look at my life, and I say, it's empty because I got nothing. I, it's like this bag. It's got a hole in it. I keep on going in. There's nothing there, but hidden in all this suffering is a true cool thing. All of the naughty things you ever did, Jesus took them away. All the naughty things this little one ever did, Jesus took it away. And Amelia, all the naughty things she did, and James, all the naughty things we've ever done. Did you know I used to stick out my tongue at my mom? I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. And that's an icky thing to do, to show dishonor to the one that God put in front of you. Oh, my goodness. But Jesus took it all away. So what happens is, during Lent, this time before Easter, we have this sadness because remember our sin, and then remember that Jesus came. So it's not like the empty bag, just so you know. Not at all like the empty bag. What happens is there's things in this empty bag. Oh, look at that. You want to hold on to that? You want to hold on to that for me? There you go. Hold on. There you go. And Jesus took away all of her sins. How cool is that? But is there anything for Amelia? Well... Yeah, there is something for Amelia. How neat is that? <gasps> what about you? You want something for you? Sure. There you go. So what happens is, every time you go to Jesus, it looks like it's empty, because I got nothing. But Jesus says, I took it all away, and I give you my life. There you go. Here's another one. Yeah? Yeah. And here, here's one for Mom. Got to have one for Mom. There you go. Yeah? So what's going to happen is I'm going to give you each one of these so you have a cross of your own. So remember that Jesus died for you and that even though it looks like 
I don't know what's going on here. Even though it looks like I feel bad because my sin put Jesus there, just remember Jesus kept his word and, here you go, guys, and he took all your sins away. How awesome is our God? Just neat. Okay? So I'm going to we'll close up prayer and I'll make sure that they get across too. Okay? And if you have someone else who's out there that didn't feel like coming up here, I have more crosses that they can have. So you can make sure you give some to them as well. Let's fold our hands. Dear Jesus, you took away all of our sins on a cross. Thank you so much. Please continue to bless us with the good news that our sins have been taken away from us. Amen. Amen. All right, honey, there you go. There you go. Watch out your step now. Watch your step. And you go back to your seat. Yeah, careful. There you go. Yes. Yeah, there's one for you, and there's one for Dad. <laughs> and there's one for you, and there's one for Dad. Oh, Macy, Macy, Macy. Nice try, nice try. Good morning. Still empty. It's amazing. Never empty. The beginning of Lent, the time before Easter, started on Ash Wednesday. We put a lot of preparation into making sure that we would have an Ash Wednesday service that would focus on our Savior in a different way. Different sermon, different set of hymns, different liturgy, so we could all focus on the one thing, Jesus Christ suffering and death for us. Well, that all went away. The Lord just changed up the weather just a wee bit. And we had ice and snow and tons of wind and what's going on with that. You know, if I were advising God, I would say, you know, Lord, there would have been a better day for this. Because after all, you know, people are still scared to even come to church since that pandemic that you allowed, Lord. So, you know, how is a snowstorm going to help them get their courage back to even come and worship you? And Lord... How in the world is a snowstorm going to make up for the gifts and offerings that are, are missed? Uh, will the snowflakes fill up the, the offering pass? No, I don't think so, Lord. I, I have a better plan than, than what that. If you would have had that snowstorm come on uh, Monday or maybe, uh, maybe Tuesday, that's fine. And we could have taken care of all that. And you could have had the snow and we could have had the worship and everything would be fine. How silly and how arrogant to think that I know more than God and that I can give him plan B so that plan B works out better, in my opinion, for what's going on. God is a limitless God. He knows all things. He created all things. It is not for creatures of God to give him counsel. I should repeat that so that I hear that myself. It is not for creatures of God to give God counsel. It's for us to just stand back and be in awe of the mighty God who is holy and, and awesome and who is incredibly, amazingly in love 
with each of us as if we were the only person on the planet. Wow. So to that end, I want to first of all read this to you. It's from the book of Luke. This is what you would have heard on Ash Wednesday. Jesus took the twelve aside and said to them, Look, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. Indeed, he will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, mistreat him, spit on him, flog him, kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. They did not understand any of these things. What he said was hidden from them. They did not understand what was said. They didn't get it. Just like you and I don't get it. How come the Lord had the snowstorm come, prevented us from worshiping? We could say, how come the Lord let uh, a dear loved one that I know pass away? How come the Lord let a sickness come and, and devastate my life? How come, how come, Lord, I have a better plan? I have a better idea. There's a better way than this, Lord. Yeah, that's what we do. We have a better plan. Notice at the very beginning here it says, he took the twelve aside and said to them, we are going up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a place where people would go to worship. Just like church is a place where people come to worship. Jerusalem was a place where believers gathered, just like this is a place where believers gather. And then Jesus said something different. He said, the Son of Man is going to be handed over. Oh. So this is not a we thing anymore. This is a him, Jesus only thing. Our whole theme for this year's Lenten midweek services deals with the fact that God's glory is hidden. Just like here, it's hidden. It's there, but it's hidden. You don't always see it. Just like the cover of your worship folder. God is hidden in that face of Christ, but you see all the different parts of Jesus Christ that are right there letting you know he is the only way. And he did it all alone. And we don't like that. I can tell you as a little kid, I remember thinking, man, if I was there, I would have done something different. I would have stood up to Pilate. I would have been a witness on the witness stand telling Pilate, Jesus is innocent. I would have gone up to those religious Pharisees when they had him at trial at night. I would have said, this is an illegal trial. You can't have this. This is a, a wonderful person. He healed my son. He took care of my mom. He walked on water. He raised the dead. I would have done it different. Again, our plan B's are so foolish, but more than that, they're incredibly arrogant to think that I would do anything different. The Bible says very clearly and repeatedly that all have sinned. And in case we didn't get it, God says clearly and repeatedly every thought of our hearts is only evil all the time. So who am I to think that I know better than God? Am I going to edit his book and say, well, God, you said this, and then you didn't really mean it? 
No. I'm not going to be that arrogant, but I still fall into the arrogance. Why? Because I have this sinful nature that is screaming at God that we don't like God, that we hate God, that we don't want him messing with our lives because it's better if we do it my way, God. I'm a creature, not a counselor of God. That's a hard thing. The disciples had to hear that Jesus was doing it all alone. He was going to be tested, and he was going to win. I'm going to ask Caitlin now to go and hit the space bar because I want you to see the first, first all-out battle that we had that Jesus stepped into the picture for us and fought the devil for us. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. That's the first battle that was recorded for us. And you notice who is not in that picture? We are not. The disciples are not. Jesus went out alone, carrying out plan A to rescue us from the devil and hell, plan A. And there is no plan B. It's just God's plan that is working out in time so that you and I understand that our salvation is based on what he did. So when we are tested, we trust him. He's already proved beyond a shadow of a doubt his love, and he's proved he can take on the devil and win. And he's also proved he did it alone. That gives us joy, and this was a hard thing for me to understand as a child. How does that give me joy, seeing Jesus out there suffering? I can't do a thing to help him. Every Lent, I'm going just as a spectator to what God is doing for me. <gasps> That's where the joy is. God is doing this. God is doing it for me. 
in my place, fighting the devil for me in my place so that I will be with him forever. What an amazing thing that is. There's nothing of me in getting into heaven. Everything I do is touched with sin because all the thoughts of our hearts are only evil all the time. So what happens? God says, you know, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to rescue you because I am the holy God and I will not make a mistake and I do not need your help. In fact, I do not want your help. I want you to be absolutely certain that I have rescued you and it's enough. The disciples didn't get that. They did not understand, which tells us that we have a very strong, stubborn, sinful nature. We always want to do plan B. You know, it's kind of like, uh, well, yeah, Lord, you're, you're fine up there, but, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather go to Walmart without you by my side. I, I'd rather sit around the family table without you by my side telling me it's not okay to argue. I'd rather have you not with me when I go to school because, you know, then I'd be so embarrassed to be seen with you. I'd rather have you, Jesus, not be with me when I go to the bar after work because, you know, it's that bar language, you know, I just don't want that. Yeah. We want to always do plan B, which does not have Jesus in it. So what happens? We go back and we say, Lord, I'm sorry for being so arrogant. I'm sorry for thinking that I should tell you what to do. And I am very, very happy that not only have you taken care of all of my sin and the sin of everyone that I talked to, but you've guaranteed heaven for me. It says they're going to flog him, kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. And he kept his word. All of our sin is gone. That is what's waiting for us when heaven opens up and we see our Lord face to face. Nothing but joy upon joy forever and ever because of what he did all alone for us. That's what come when you and I are tested. We learn from the scriptures keep trusting who Jesus is and what Jesus has done all alone for us. Great joy. In his name, so let us live this week. Amen. And now may God's peace, which goes beyond all human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and your minds. In Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.